And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome to everyone. It is the Weighing In Podcast. We have passed the 200 mark. We are at 201. I am in my normal place in Tennessee. My man Josh Thompson is sitting in some damn hotel room somewhere. I'm not going to say where, but he's trying to party again. But (laughs) we are here to talk about the fights that occurred Friday night with Bellator and then what just occurred on Saturday with the UFC, Max Holloway taking out Yair Rodriguez. Well, he didn't take him out. It was a judge's decision, but it was a really competitive fight. Good fight by both guys. Very tough. A good card overall and a good card for Bellator. So we got some good things to talk about. And then we'll talk about some other stuff if we can fit it in. But let's go, Josh. How you feeling? Well, first, I feel uh, exhausted. I feel tired. And you know us. We're always running on fumes from city to city, country to country. But guess what? We are blessed to be doing what we love to do. This is amazing. I am in Las Vegas right now because the Chiefs and the Raiders play tomorrow night. And so I will be heading there to watch that game and uh, with a bunch of friends. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped to be here, man. I'm, I haven't been to Vegas in years. I want to say it's been probably at least four years, maybe three, four years, something like that. But anyways, it's been a long time. But hey, so let's get let's get this let's get this ball rolling. But first, let's talk about our clips channel. But let's go to our regular channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little notifications bell. Also, we have our clips channel now. Instead of calling it the clips channel, we are calling it the Wayne In Extra. So it's Wayne In slash Extra. Okay, and you just go there. Hit the little. Uh, link down below in our real channel, and that will take you there. Link channel, there is a link (laughs) down below in our regular channel Uh, that will take you there. The reason why we change it to extras is because we're going to be doing a lot more extra content for you guys, um, coming up. And so, we just felt like because we provide you already with the way interjection, it's not really a clip, it's a special show. So, we just wanted to make sure that it was branded specifically for more extra content. So, it just fit better for the channel. Dave was very adamant about trying to do it. So, you know what? We try to piggyback on what Dave does so he doesn't get his feelings hurt. He doesn't think we ever take him, <laughs> that we're taking him for granted. So, anyway, we're here, we are here to take care of podcast Dave's feelings. Yes, we are. Yes. Let's yes. just, let's just right start there saying feelings. Yeah, right over there in whoa, the safe whoa. space. Yeah. Dave's over there in the safe space, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's get, let's jump right into it. John, why don't you walk uh, us through it? I have no screen share today, so I cannot see what the fight card is. All right. I will I walk there. Look, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about the whole Bellator card. I'm going to talk about two fights on the preliminary that I think were the actual fights where you saw something that means you're going to be watching this person in the future. They are going to be special. The first one. Cody Law, who both you and I have uh, watched since the beginning of his professional career, a guy that came out as a Division II NC2A champion wrestler, but loves to stand up, and he proved that again in this fight. He took on Colton Ham. Colton Ham came out very aggressive in the stand-up, but I thought that Cody Law just looked fantastic. Great footwork, great positioning, took great angles in the fight, and maybe not the smartest because when he had his opponent down, it was like, nope, he would be backed off and made him get back to his feet because he wanted to either work on his stand-up skills or show off his stand-up skills, but he put on a beautiful performance and he got the uh, ground and pound win. He finally went to the ground with him, put him out. I'm looking at a guy who now is what? 5-0? and 
five and oh. four and oh five and oh he's five and oh yeah yeah you know and, and dan, dan lambert had come up to us and talked to us about him and and said how this hey, look i'm telling you this kid has got the most potential in my gym that's att of coconut creek mm-hmm. that's saying quite a bit as far as the new talent that was in there and he was not wrong the guy can fight he's getting better he's becoming more relaxed in the cage and just his ability to control where the fight is he's going to be a tough guy to beat in the 145s man he is a beast yeah he's aggressive he was very slick with his boxing he's got to work on the kicking a little bit more um but the way he sets up his boxing which actually works right into his wrestling he reminds me a little bit of a smaller version of an aaron pico to be honest the way he is the way he boxes he doesn't have as clean a crisp of boxing as aaron pico but he's relatively new to the sport pico's got 12 fights now you know and he's been boxing since he was eight years old seven eight years old <clears throat> where cody law you know, I think the boxing portion of it all came later on for him in his career, but his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu and his attacks on the ground are phenomenal. He's one of he, Dan Lambert was not lying when he said, in terms of the young and up-and-coming prospects I have in American Top Team, he's probably the number one guy I have right now. But I think it has to do with a lot of his dedication. You can tell by the way uh, he looks when he physically comes in, the confidence he walks in with, the swagger I should talk about. Like, he has that, like, I'm here to, to, to lay down the law no pun intended actually when i just said that like but that. it's true he comes in he lays down the law and he bounces out goes back to the gym and gets back to work he's gotten progressively better which is what you want to see from your young talent every time he steps in the bellator cage that's all you can do like in terms of a promotion that's that's what you want your fighters to do not just start reading their own paper clippings and then come back and not look and then look like crap the next day every time he's looked better every time something's you see something new that he didn't use the time before that's what you want to see. Great job by Cody Law, man. Good win. You know, just thinking about it, he's got no nickname. We got to give him a nickname. I'm going to call him Cody. Don't mess with the law. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think he's going to have to have some say in that, buddy. Something, that something was, a little better. Yeah. That was a horrible name. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, I could have called him the punk. That would have been worse. <laughs> yeah, that was that would have been the worst. That would have been the worst. All right, the other one. Also from ATT, a guy that, you know, both of us have watched it and thought he's going to be good. He took a fight, welterweight fight. His opponent came in seven and a half pounds overweight. He did not care. said, I want the fight anyways. And when you, this will be a highlight, highlight as far as the way he called it. Because he hurts his opponent with the shot and then points at him and just starts stalking him down and comes up with the, George Masvidal flying switch knee and puts him unconscious. Roman Feraldo just looked deadly. It was a fantastic performance. It was fast. It wasn't. He wasn't in there very long, but man, he uh, he looked good. He's had a couple of those knockouts, by the way. You know the flying knee knockout. He had one. I want to say what? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think his first first fight in Bellator. His first fight, he did that. His first fight in Bellator. He against, had a flying knee knockout. Casey. There you go. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember the person's name, but yeah, I just watched that fight the other day, and then I watched it again today on, on the plane on the way here. Um, yeah, he looks phenomenal. I mean, but it's hard to tell how much, how much better he's been getting because he's having highlight real knockouts. But he looked confident. Uh, he looked confident. He landed the left hook. He came out aggressive, but not overly aggressive to where he left himself out of position. He fought He fought a phenomenal fight. I mean, I know it was shortly, was it a minute 23, I think, in the first round? Maybe it was a minute yeah. 32. Anyways, I think it was a minute 23. I can look. Hold on. Yeah, but he, uh, 
But he looked good. You 117. Know? Oh, 117. Okay. okay. 117. Uh, but no, overall, that's what you want to see again from your young talent. You know, you want to see them going out there trying to get the finish, not really trying to, to hang on to the win. You know, I understand when it's a grueling fight and you're in that third round, you're just trying to get through it. Like, oh, I got to get this win. I got to get this win. I get that. But when you're fresh in the first round, you're trying to get the finish. Second round, trying to get the finish. As it starts dragging on, I can see you starting to like, hey, now you got to strategize, make sure you get the W. I understand that. But there was never a moment that he had to go that far. But I'm saying, like, I like to see it from the young talent, Cody Law, Feraldo, those guys. They're coming out trying to finish the fight. Amazing. Great job by him. Highlight real style knockout. Oh. So the card the ba- started the Babe off. Ruth, the Babe Ruth style. Yeah, that's why he called, called, his, it, called shot. his shot. Awesome. Called his shot. Man. Just, you don't see that in fighting. That's, that was uh, a cool moment. But as, as soon as I see Dave, I'm going to call my shot. Podcast Dave. <laughs> Podcast Dave. Podcast Dave. Don't forget. Main card started off with 145-pound women's division. Arlene Blenko came in and just put it on Pam Sorensen. Pam Sorensen made it to the end. It became a a decision victory for Blanco, unanimous decision victory. But Arlene was lighting Pam up, and at times Pam was in that panic mode of shooting for takedowns, just trying to get the clinch to get her close. She had no answers for the right hand of Blanco. Yeah, John, I wanna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little dig at, at Arlene, and I actually saw some photos. I think five weeks ago she had a serious knee injury. She was dealing with that, like leading up to the fight. She posted some pictures going through the therapy just to get to the fight. So I was going to take a little bit of a dig at her. Then I saw the pictures on the flight here. But then I also want to say, like, hey, she should know, though. She should know better. She's 38 years old. She should know that she had every opportunity to finish that fight. That fight didn't need to go the distance. There was moments in the second round where she had her rocks. She had her hurt. She had her putting her head down, covering up. Couple little flurries. Beans more being a little bit smarter, picking and choosing your shots when you have someone hurt like that, and blitzing, and getting the ref in there to jump in there faster. You know they don't have to be hard. They don't have to land clean. But if someone's covering up in the fetal position or the turtle position, whatever it is, against the fence, and you're landing shots, you just got to start letting it go because that'll get the ref to jump in sooner. You know this. I mean, I feel like I'm talking to a ref. Anyways, I'm explaining how this all works to you. No, but I, I, just I appreciate like you telling me how to do it, so it's awesome. Good. Maybe you can tell me later I'm what listening. Mark Goddard was doing with the with the refereeing tonight. Was it? Was it? No, I think it was Herb Dean that did it, right? No, it was Herb. It was yeah. Herb. yeah, it was Herb. Um, but I have a Mark Goddard one for you as well there. Anyways, but she could have got the fight. The fight could have been ended earlier. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I. I that's one of those fights where it's frustrating. When you you don't see the fighter who is just dominating the action, dominating, you know, the fight, except for when the other fighter can get into those clinch positions and hold, because they're just holding, trying to let the time go by. There, you know, it's, the the thought of winning is not really there. They want to do a little bit of damage and try to look like they're busy, but they're just trying to let the time go by because it's just yeah. not their night. They're they're eating big shots and Blenko's right hand. I mean, it was a it was on a freaking laser because it kept hitting the same mark. And by the end, Pam was pretty beat up, but very nice win for Arlene. Let's get to the real fight. Aaron Pico, Justin Gonzalez, the J train. God damn, both of them. I don't care who won and lost. It was a phenomenal fight with two guys that were going for it. Big moments. A couple things by Aaron Pico that you look, you go, stop doing that. That's not a smart move at this time of the fight. Ah, come on. You know, I like the fact he's trying. 
but try when your opponent is in a little weakened state if it's if you're if that's not a technique that's one of your things that you can really pull off well but i give him credit for trying but his wrestling just was outstanding because look justin gonzalez he can wrestle and he proved that you know he was you know able to get his you know self back to his feet a lot he took some big shots yeah he kept coming back that fight was fantastic and aaron pico has reached that next level now he's got confidence back he's hitting the marks and the goals that you're looking for him those little things in between of you know the pressure that he brings and the way that he steps back at times and doesn't continue to crush space and then gets into a situation where now he's gunslinging he did a little bit of gunslinging a little bit but it's he's so much more refined now you know a couple years you know under the guidance of jackson wink he's going to be something special at 145 there's not going to be a whole lot of people that are going to be able to handle him. No, I agree with you. Um, but this is one of those fights where the the scorecards didn't reflect how how close it was. Because there was moments, even though Aaron Pico won 30-27, 30-27, it only would have taken one shot to change the tempo of this fight. The two of them were still slugging it out in the third. Yeah. It was a phenomenal fight. And and J Train never took his eye off the goal. His goal was to win the fight. Yep. And I gotta tell you, when I look at when I look at fights like this or fighters like this. Um, this was one of those fights where neither fighter stock went down. I know oh, that no. Jay Tran, I know he lost his first fight in his career. He's 12 and one now, but I don't take, I, if I took anything away from it, I was like, this kid deserves to be in the top three, top four. I mean, you got Pico, you got him. I think Jay Train, I think, I think he gives Mads Burnell fits. I think, I think he just, he's a stud, you know, Mads is tough as well. I've trained with Mads, I've grappled with Mads, I've, he's a stud. But J Train looks physically fit and pushes the pace and is just on it. Like Maz Vernell, Pedro Cavile gives him fits. Yep. I, mean, I agree. Those two guys. I mean, I could see the, the style in which he fights. Adam Borch, he give Adam a little bit of a fit too. Because remember how Mike Hamill gave Adam some fits in that fight? I know Mike Hamill came in a little bit overweight, <clears throat> but J Train has a very similar style of aggressiveness and wrestling. And that, that, could, that could be a, a tough fight for, for Adam Borch as well. So there's a lot of, of there's a lot stand up from odd angles at times when he looks like he's going for a shot and he hides it and brings yeah. it a shot over the top. Sneaky. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to the I'm looking forward to see what they do with Justin Gonzalez next cuz honestly, I I thought Pico he looked good. He looked really great. I've talked about, you know, I, how proud I am of him and making the transitions. I didn't I would love to erase what happened to him in his earlier part of his career, you know, but you can't do that. But it was it, it, because that's a learning lesson. Like everyone says, you know, hey, Whatever happened to me in my early life, that just grew me for who I am now. It's made me the person I am, which is very true. And that's exactly what happened to him. Um, he's gotten so much better. He's now with the right team. He's focused. He loves what he's doing. He loves and he's dedicated to the sport. He's dedicated to he just he's a very dedicated person to, to whatever it is he's focused on. So I mean, I could see them potentially running that back later on down the line because both of them I think are gonna be at the top. And they're gonna be there for a while, I believe. Both of them. Oh, I talented. think I think they will see each other again. You have yeah. to say, it is so crazy impressive to see a guy have the output that Aaron Pico has, and he doesn't get tired. No, it's amazing. He doesn't take it's it's you you you're looking for that instance where he's going to take a step back, gather himself, take a breath. He doesn't do that, and he, and he goes back to the corner, and you look at him, and you go, 
He's not breathing hard. Mm-hmm. After all that, he's not breathing hard. It's amazing. No. Just amazing. Yeah, he had, he had, he's very dedicated to his conditioning. I've talked to him over the years, and he's like, I don't get tired. He's like, I just, I just, it just doesn't happen to me. He's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. He's like, but he's like, I don't get tired. He's like, I take a deep breath, and I feel like I'm back to normal, ready to go. I mean, that's that's. Wish I was like that's, that. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get tired walking to the fridge. Damn Jeez. straight, man. <laughs> uh, next fight. Uh, well, then we had, after that one, Linton Vassell against Tyrell Fortune. And I, I was very impressed with Linton Vassell. We talked about how Linton could win that fight. And I said, look, he's got to, he's got to put weight on Tyrell. He's, and he's real strong, but don't try to out wrestle him in the beginning, get him to where he's, you know, getting a little tired. And then you'll start to be able to do that. He was able to out wrestle him from the beginning. <laughs> he, Tyrell went for the takedown. He reversed the position, got on top, did a lot of good work. And in every round, that Tyrell Fortune tried to take him down, and he did take him down at times. Linton was able to reverse the position and do more damage, do better work overall than a guy that has won the World Games, a guy that was an NC2A champion, a guy that you know was runner-up on for the Olympics. Hey, mm-hmm. Linton Vassell, outstanding fight, dude. You look fantastic, and he is a strong son of a bitch. Man, yeah, I didn't. Strong. You and I sat on the show, I think, last week. We're like, I, we didn't see how Linton Vassell was going to be able to get Tyrell down. I'm like, yeah, there's, you know, he, he in a scramble maybe and yeah. or maybe getting him in a sweep, you know, and he did that. He did that a couple times outside of the scramble, coming up on the underhook, got to the back, got to the top position that way. But he, I didn't see him getting takedowns on Tyrell Fortune. And once he started either. getting takedowns on him, it just changed the, the attitude of Tyrell Fortune. He wasn't really the same fighter. He felt like there was never a place he was safe. I mean, I felt like he was good on the feet in terms of he could have taken a step back. The speed was a factor. He, I mean, he was touching Linton Vassell up with the hands. Yeah, faster then hand. he put it. Yeah, and then he started squishing the space, and, gra- and then Linton was able to grab him and then take him down. And I think it was his coach, Todd Lolly, right? Trevor Lolly. Was sc- Trevor Lolly was screaming at him. Get out of the clinch oh, or whatever it was. Like, bah. I was yeah. like, man. And we Break off. Yeah, separate we tell, him, we tell him all the time to wrestle wrestle but when the wrestling's not going your way you got to make the adjustment you got to make the changes like if you take him down and then he ends up on top that means that the, it's not working for you Be, he's he's better than you on the ground then so and they had trained together before in the past with people don't understand and Linton Vassell was like oh no you know he's good you know he's, he does this you know he played it off pretty well it's like but you know I feel confident and and, and then Tyrell said like oh you know he's good if he gets on top of you well he got on top of you dude and <laughs> prove that you had a heart. You couldn't get away from him. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was going to say there was a fight that kind of really shocked me in the night, that was the fight that shocked me the most. You know, um, it just, yeah. I was expecting more out of Tyrell in terms of the boxing and the wrestling. But look, this is a lesson learned. I saw he had brought out some stuff because he was listening to a bunch of haters on his, on his Instagram. And so I sent him a private message and I was like, hey, stop reading the comments, man. Turn the social media off just for today. <laughs> turn, the, turn the social media off for today. Uh, um yeah you know so i mean it, it look those people will never fight he just needs to understand that and just just move on he, he's gonna learn a lot from this he's got he got better after his loss to tim johnson you know he'll get better after this fight so yep, it happens i agree i agree and next and then we had the main event we had chris cyborg taking on sinead kavanaugh 
went through this whole thing about Chris Cyborg's fighting different. She's a smarter fighter now. She's much more into using fight IQ. She definitely did that with Arlene Blenko. She did it with Julia Budd. She did it in her last fight beautifully with Leslie Smith, never rushing in, never getting into that gunslinging battle for no reason. And I knew she was going to do that same kind of fight IQ with Sinead Kavanaugh. And I was dead wrong. (laughs) (laughs) She got into the gunslinging battles. She bit down and started slinging. Now she, you know, she came out on top in that, but you're taking chances, man. That's just not, there's times you can do that, but you're taking big chances when you're doing it, especially early in the fight. When you're doing it early in the fight, you're not truly prepared as far as getting hit. It's a little bit different. You kind of get, I, I call it building a callus as the fight goes on as far as getting hit and it doesn't affect you quite as much until you start getting tired and those things. But you get into a gunslinging battle with someone that can actually sling back. You know, it's a, it's a 50, 50. Now she got it. You could see that when Sinead hit her, Chris kind of smiled. So I think she thought ah, you can't hurt me. And then she put her out, you know, two big right hands, put her down, hammer fist. It was all over. She went out, you know, good win for Chris. I felt bad for Sinead because she didn't get to perform the way she thought she was going to be able to. But, it, you know, that's that's fighting. That's what happens. Yeah, the, it was hard for me to sit at the desk. And I know that I wanted to give Sinead a lot of love and credit because she's been bugging us for a while about we don't give her enough respect on our show. But I really felt like the only way for her to win was in the boxing area. But then when I saw the speed discrepancy right off the bat, I was like, ooh. Even if Sinead had the power, that's what concerned me a little bit. I was concerned about the speed because she gets cyborgs going to throw three or four punches. And if one of them lands or two of them lands back to, it could be lights out before Sinead was even able to get off. And that not was only, the problem. That, not only could be, it was. Yeah, it was. It ended up being that way. So it was, it was, a, it was, I bet it was, it was when I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, man, I feel bad for her because she's been waiting so long for that shot and then watching it go down. And I'm like, this is not what she wanted. But there was, but in her defense, she was able to stop, you know, the takedown defense. Her takedown defense was on point. I think she expected yeah. Chris to try to take her down. She was able to do that. I mean, there's a lot. Of, you could take some takeaways from that, some good takeaways from that. If you're Sinead, um, you know, it wasn't the outcome you wanted. I know it's upsetting, but you're not the only one that's been there and has come back and been able to get back to a title shot. So <clears throat> we'll see. There's there's a lot that needs to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with that division because you got, you've got Kaz and Ganu. Who's, who's been ready for a while, but for some reason they just haven't got that fight together. And then yep. you've got Kayla Harrison, who's in the background, uh, you know, there, that's a free agent now. And so if she's going to come over and what's going to happen. And I don't know. I, I feel like we have certain fighters on our roster that, that, that demand a lot of money. And so <laughs> until... <laughs> And so, and certain uh, fighters that want to be on the roster that will demand even more money. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So it's it's one of those it's one of those uh, fights. Now to go back to what Chris was saying, it's one of those fights everyone will see. Everyone will see Kayla Harrison and and yeah. uh, and Cyborg. Well, everyone wants to see it. Yeah. So I'm pumped but for it, that fight if it does happen. I thought I thought Chris said the the right thing, is that look, yeah, that that would be a great fight, but I don't even think about it and it doesn't really matter now because there's only one person that can make it happen and that's kayla harrison yeah. she wants to fight me she can come over here and and we'll fight if she doesn't 
come over here, then we're not going to fight. And, yeah. and she's right. She said that, you know, that's the right way of looking at it. And that's all you can do. And we'll see what happens. And if Kayla decides to stay in the PFL, I don't blame her. You know, she's got a great thing going there. She gets paid very well. Hello. And, you know, those million-dollar paydays uh, every year to win that title, which no one that they have is going to beat her. So I can understand why she would stay. Yeah. No, I agree. But I I wanted to touch back on what you were talking about with the uh, cyborg fighting smart, letting it all out the window again, just like throwing caution to the wind and just fighting back the way she used to fight, the berserker style. Yep. Is I really feel like it was almost like a stamp her name on the fact that I said it at the desk. I said she she knew that Kayla Harrison was going to be there, and was just I felt like it was a reminder. Hey Kayla, if you come here, it's gonna this is what's gonna this is what's gonna happen to you. I'm gonna do this to you, like yeah. you, and I want you I want you to see it up close. I want you to see what's gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand right in front of you. I'm gonna knock the shit out of you. Now I don't know if that's gonna be able to do it. I don't know if she's gonna be able to do it, but. <coughs> It was one of those, I'm going to send a message, and you're going to see it right here because I see you're sitting in front row. I'm going to send a message to you that if you come here, this is what's going to happen to you. I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a, I don't know if that's really what it was about, but that's what it felt like, just to be honest, because she knew yeah. that she was there. It's very possible. And when you, when you sit there, you know, this is what's going to happen to you. Would it happen to her? Can't say, you know, yeah. but there is things, and this is what I'm talking about. When I talk about Kayla, I talk about, not her and her ability because she's fantastic but even when she's fighting some of the the women that she's fighting right now who are not of her level they're just not but they'll come at her and she'll do things that you look and you go you can't do that against a good fighter yeah and so those are the things and and maybe it's she knows that with the person that she's facing I, i can do this but when you step up in that competition you can't make those mistakes you can't do that you can't take the easy way in doing something because it's you're not going to get caught by it you go against the good fighter you can get caught by it so it, it would be great i'd love to see uh you know that fight but we'll see that's that's what the future holds we'll see what happens yeah overall decent card some good fights outstanding performance by Feraldo. outstanding performance by cody law Great job by Linton Vassell and Aaron Pico and Justin Gonzalez. Fantastic work. And the one thing I want to say about Sinead, Sinead, I love the way that you put in the effort in this fight as far as your conditioning. That's the way you need to come into your next fight. You looked great. You looked ready. And, yeah, anybody can get touched and get put out. That happens in the fights. Just learn from it. Come back better than ever. Nope. All right, well, let's jump into the UFC. What you got? I want to talk real quick about one of our sponsors. Fume is an incredible product. We both love it. Josh loves it. I love it. It makes you feel good as far as it gives you that menthol feel. They have a 2021 holiday box, and it is the fun, not awkward way of giving a gift that will help someone quit smoking. If you're a smoker, if you're a vapor, Fume is the way for you to cut out that disgusting habit and do something that's healthy. Think about giving deodorant the same way of awkwardness that comes with the gift of smoking, but not with fume. With fume, you're not giving the gift of smoking. You're giving the gift of quitting smoking, which is super important. Fume is a more enjoyable way of you having that hand-to-mouth feeling. You have the ability to use the fume and benefit by quitting the smoking. 
the new prominent they have with this holiday pack comes with an olive wood prominent. It is a very finely crafted piece of equipment that you will use to put in the essential oils. There is a core that you will put in the end. That prominent, now you can get in olive wood. Normally it comes in maple. Olive wood is the new thing that's kind of cool. Also, there's four unique to this box only cores. Flavors like snickerdoodle. Come on. Who does not like a snickerdoodle cookie? Candy cane. Eggnog cookies. I've never had eggnog cookies. Had a lot of eggnog, and I love eggnog. Spiced orange. All you have to do is use the code weighing in to save 10% on the holiday box. Go to www.breathefume with F-U-M. Do not use an E. Slash weighing in and use that promo code of weighing in to save 10% on your holiday box. Now look, there's a limited supply, so get after it, go do it, buy it for a friend, buy it for a family member, make it a Christmas present, and get them to stop that nasty habit of vaping or smoking. Each box in this limited number supply is numbered, and it goes from one to 1,500. There's only 1,500 available. Get one of them, either for yourself, your friends, your families, someone that you care about. Oh my goodness! Come on. So I missed Babe, some of the. Bring it up. I I missed some of the first part of the card, the prelim stuff. I think I started watching at the Angela Lee fight. Okay. Angela Lee put on Angela a hell of. Huh? Yeah, she looked good. She looked really she, good. KGB Lee. Who were she the looked... fights before that? Who were the fights before that, Dave? Uh, so we had Sean Woodson. Um, Colin, I saw the Sean. That was the fight I started with. Sean Woodson Woodson looked fantastic. The tall, long guy, right? Tall, long, yep, and lanky. Yep, Yep. (laughs) I got it in today. Tall, long, lanky. Like starting off with the first fight, uh, Da Jung, he, Mm -hmm. I mean, impressive as far as he hit Kennedy with just elbows, elbow strike in the open, step forward, heavy elbow, did it again, did it. Started forcing him back, saw that he hurt him with it, and then just cranked him on him. That was a big time knockout with just elbows. Wow. That dude's strong and he's he's got snap, man. He is a powerful person. So because we've seen Kennedy take a lot of damage and come back, and man, those elbows just lit him up. So that was a very impressive performance by Jung, I thought. So you didn't get to see it, but it was impressive. Oh. Trust me. Okay. It was I impressive. Believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Rafael Alves had a great performance against Mark Diakese. Um, man, you talk about quickly jumping the guillotine. Nice move. You know, hurt him in the got him going backwards, jumped that guillotine, got the freaking uh, submission. Outstanding job. So we'll go through that real quick. I'd like, you saw the Sean Woodson fight. Yeah. Courtney Casey had a very good fight. It was a decision. It was one of only two decisions on the night. So. But she dominated the fight, fought very smart, very well throughout it. Sean Woodson, man, at 145 pounds, he is, I'm looking at the waistline of him and his opponent, and it's like freaking unbelievable how long and like, and that kid, this is the second time that I've watched him, he goes to the body beautifully, you know, and you look and you try to tell guys all the time, go to the body, look at it, You're, you're hurting me. Look where his hands are. Go to the body. It's open. It's man. He does that well, and he put it on his opponent. Colin was it Anglin? I want to say 
all in angling. Angle. Just, I, I watched him, you know, fight before. I watched him in the Dana White thing. Man, he had no answers no. for anything. No, when you're fighting happen. somebody that tall and that long, like they don't even have to be fast because they're nope. already out of the way. So when you when he lands and he brings his arm back, you're you're already this far away. You can't even you can't get to him. So it's like I saw his opponent would throw the punch and he was still missing by like six oh, inches, he was missing seven by six inches. inches. Yeah. yeah, easily. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, you're never gonna fucking hit this guy. Like what the fuck? And now he starts ripping your body. He starts piecing you up. I mean, it's like Ooh. you're just getting frustrated. You start leaving yourself open even more because you're reaching even more. Yeah, not a good look, man. But I mean, no. he's. But those guys, that's the thing. At that height, at one foot, one forty-five is what you said. Yeah. That's, remember, remember Corey Hill. Yes, one fifty-five. Yeah. He, he was, was six yeah, four. One fifty-five. Yeah, I'm just thinking to myself. I look at him like, gosh. Just one kick away from never coming back. <laughs> one kick away from that, that leg going. Yeah. Like, yeah uh-huh. like, think about think about the guys that it has happened to, right? I mean, Anderson, uh, Chris Weidman. Who else has happened to it? Oh, my God. Tyron Spong. Tyron Spong had it. Tyron Jose Pele, Landy Johns had it. Yeah. Been, oh, really? Landy lot. did, huh? Oh, my God. Yeah, against Brian Gassaway. Oh, oh, man. It was nasty. In fact, Morrow and I were actually calling that fight when it happened. As soon as that happened, oh, he broke his leg. Affliction? (laughs) Or what was that? Oh, it was up. uh, TK. There was. It was called TKO up in Canada. Oh, I remember where where George St. Pierre came from. Yeah, yeah, I remember TKO. I remember. Yeah, they had a good Stefan Patry. Landy Jones. I haven't heard that name. Pele. I haven't heard his name in a long time. His fight with Chuck Liddell was fucking classic. Oh, dude, he got so beat up. Dude, but it was a classic fight. He was stuck in that fishnet freaking thing they had on the bottom rope yeah yeah chuck was punching him he's pulling the rope down so he's stuck in like a giant tuna in there and i was like that's just wrong he was not a big guy either no he really wasn't but he is dude he was crazy and he was he was a good fighter man he was was the guy you, you take a look at everyone coming out of you know shoot the box and you know from curitiba he was the leader he yeah. was the guy for a while, you know, yep. before Vanderlei, before Anderson and the you know, Hua brothers and all them. It was Jose Pele that was the guy out of that gym. He's the first guy I think I ever saw fighting like the Speedo yeah. underwear. Fighting yeah. Speedos all the time. Yeah, I think they were yellow or they were red. No, were no. Really? Wasn't he wore red? Or... Normally he wore black. Maybe that maybe it was who do I think who were those that were red? Ken, Ken Shamrock. Shamrock. Ken did. Yeah. Somebody else wore some that were yellow. I can't remember who. Anyways, I don't want to get into people's junk. <laughs> it's not talking about that. And, uh, you saw Andrea Lee against Cynthia Carvalho. Yes. Carvalho. Man, Andrea Lee looked good. It was he was the tip kicks. It was the toe oh, kicks to dude, the body. She was killing her to the body. And I'm watching them, and I'm like, you know, and I, and I, I all, all, all respect to Paul Felder, Mike. I love. Him. I'm like, she's hurt to the body. Yeah. You're not, you're not seeing it. She's hurt to the body, and then she hit her with another one, and they go, I think, she, I think that hurt. But yes, think. He's fucking dying, you know. And it's like, but uh, Lee kept on just. You could see how Cynthia was just slowing down, having problems. Cynthia needs to really. Take a step back. Yeah. I think, you know, she's in that position where now 
How many losses in a row is that? I think it's. Let's see. She had a win in the middle of there somewhere. Did she? Three in a row. No, three in a row. Three in a row now. But but I mean, she had. Then she had one win, and then she had like two or three losses before that. Nah, she didn't. She only had one against Carla Sparza. That was lost to Carla. She had that that draw with Marina, but three losses in a row. Look at all to good opposition. Yeah. So, but there comes that point where now things are starting to break down and take a step back. Get yourself back into a camp where you're feeling comfortable. Take a step back in at least competition. Go to go to you know Sean Shelby and and Mick and say, hey, I, I just want to take a step back. I'm gonna I'm gonna regroup. Give me someone in this position here, and I'm gonna start making you know another you know charge yeah. towards being ranked. Sometimes yeah, she, having that number by your name is not good. No, she needs to do uh, what Aaron Pico did. She needs to go find a location where it's more yeah. about her. She, she's, I think she's in Vegas now, and it's just like everyone that trains in Vegas, if you're not self-driven, like, she, I don't know if she, she seems very self-driven, but it's not about you. You got you go to all these other gyms, you bounce from gym to gym to gym. That's not for everyone. And I don't think it's for her. I mean, from what I can get, and I know she just got there, but and it's always hard to have, you know, your one or two fights with this, another gym, your first two fights with another gym. Because you're still trying to work with each other. You're still trying to figure each other out. You're still trying to figure out the coaching, the cornering, you know, all of that stuff. The training part. And it has, it has to mesh for you. Because sometimes yeah. you could have a really good trainer, but you you, you just don't mesh with them. And, and that yeah. is a big, that's a big thing. So, True. I don't know. I thought Angela Lee looked good with the toe kicks, putting the combinations together. They came out slinging both of them right away. Yeah. And it was a good, it was leading up to be a really good fight. But you could just see Cynthia starting to get touched to the body, started having some problems, and then just it was just not. It was just what she knew it wasn't going her way, so it just. It yeah, happened. she she was she was out of gas, you know, it's from the body shots and the the kicks to the toe, you know, toe kicks to the body. It took it, you know, and she was just taking a beating. It was the right thing to do. Get out of the fight. It's over. You know, yeah. it wasn't going to get any better. No, let's just be honest. But Next, very impressive. We had, I'll tell you what, this guy is fun to watch, man. You're looking at Mr. Joel Alvarez, who took on a guy that you really are impressed by in Moises. Yeah, he destroyed him, destroyed him. Yeah, but this, uh, Alvarez is tall, long, and lanky. You saw him next to Moise, Moises or whatever, however you say his last name. I was like, Diego, oh. Diego Moises, yeah. I was like, geez, man, he's freaking huge. He was tall. Oh it was just, I mean, he was landing. His shots were looked like they were putting uh, Moises back on his heels. He had no answer. Like, he just, he felt like he was being bullied around the cage. And that's not, that doesn't seem very common for him. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, overall, it was a very dominant performance by Alvarez. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the future. I want to see where he goes because at his yeah. length and the way that he fights, and he's got a very good ground game. He's gonna who go someplace. Him, who do you match him up with then? That's it. Five. So who do you match That's him up with? One fifty-five. Gotta put yeah, him that, I'm being that, a... that top fifteen. Who's in that top fifteen, Dave? So he just fought number fifteen, which was Tiago Moises. Oh yeah. So then, so who's in the top fifteen? Who Look, Sarukian is tough as hell. Yeah, I like I like Sarukian, and I think Armand Sarukian would be a a great fight to watch. Brad Riddle's tough as hell. Uh, yeah, but I think that they, I think Riddle's got a fight coming up. 
But how about someone like Gregor Gillespie, a guy that's Ooh. a wrestler? And do you want to take him down? Because he's really yeah. good off his back. So yeah. it'd be an interesting yeah. fight. That's, that would be interesting. Where's Gillespie at right now? Eight, nine? Uh, Ten. Ten? That's a good jump. He'll be at number 15 now. Alvarez will if he gets up in yeah. that. Somewhere. 15, 15 14, somewhere 10, 10, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Uh, what else? Who else was next? Then we had the main card started off with Yadong Song or Song Yadong. I don't know which Song one. Yadong. Song that Yadong. kid's fucking so fun to watch fight. He's fast, man. He's got power. You know, normally guys at 135 just don't have that single punch pop. Mm-hmm. Got it. He's strong, man. And, yeah. And look at Julio. Julio Arce is good. He's a good fighter, man. And he, uh, Power starts to alter people's perception of what they can do. And in the first round, I thought uh, Yadong landed some really good shots that had Julio kind of unsure of when he could attack and what he could do. And he, then he came out in the second round, and he was really upping it up, yep. you know, revving that up, going after him and stuff. But when you do that, it also leaves more openings at times. And he got caught, you know, and that, that was a big shot that, you know, Put him down and then this is this kid's good at 135 i don't know what he's ranked right now but he's you know the 135s in the ufc are a phenomenal as yep. far as division they got studs there and i mean it's going to be hard to move anywhere in but he's down at 15 right now he's got to be starting to move up if yeah, you're going to tell me that he's not one of their their stars of the future in the 135 i think he is man and he's just getting it, better. This this weight class has the best weight class in the sport right now. All of the fighters. I mean, you look because you know Belter's going to do their 135 bantamweight tournament. Yeah. We've got 16, probably 15, 16 top bantamweights in the world. You look at the UFC's bantamweights. They've got 15 to 20 top bantamweights, maybe even more that are we don't know their names yet. But I'm saying there's there's 30 something top fighters right now in that weight class. That's very rare. You find that across any any uh promotion and so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be this next couple i think years i'd say the next year year and a half to be dominated by 135 pounders i mean you look at these guys i mean think about like like peter yawn magomed magomedov rafian stotts i mean like these fighters are fucking so damn good i'm I'm just thinking to myself all of these guys and like they're they're across all promotions i mean i don't even want to get into one because one is just built oh yeah from all guys they got some killers over there. Yeah. But so yeah, it's it, it makes for it makes for um a great conversation though. I'm not gonna play the what ifs from promotion to promotion because I'm done doing that. Now. I told myself that. But um, but I, I just love I love the fact that that right now is the weight class that I never thought would be the weight class of the sport. And that that weight class right now has the best fighters in the sport. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hands down. I don't think it's I don't even think it's close. Now don't get me wrong, there's standout fighters in every weight class. Oh, yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. But you know, and they have the best simp of sure, and every weight class has the best. But this yeah, but overall, class, there's a gluttony yeah. of really good, talented people in that weight class. Exactly. I agree with you. I I think I almost felt like remember when the WC and then Strike Force and, and the UFC all kind of merged right around the same time that 155 pound division really took shape. That was the big that was the best weight class for a couple of years. And don't get me wrong, I'm so biased to that weight class because you know. But it, you know. but 
but I gotta be, but I gotta be honest. Like, well, I thought, I thought about two years ago, pre-COVID, I thought 145 was the best weight Third class nine. in the world, you know. Yeah. And then COVID hit. During that time, you know, Volkanovski came, Patricio came. You know, they kind of settled in, and they, like you saw who the best four were, five. And it never, it really wasn't competitive anymore. It's like, hey, these are the best two over here. These are the best two over here, and you know, you kind of saw you. It was making shape. The, the weight class started to shape out. You saw who was at the top and who wasn't going to be the, the best anymore. This this is like still needs to settle. I mean, sure, you've got Peter Yar, you've got Aljo, and you've got, you know, the guys over there. You've got Stotts, and you've got, you know, Horiguchi and Pettis. And it's like you've got good fighters, but there's still something that they're in the back that can be champion. You know, I mean, it's it makes for fun, fun conversations in every organization, not even cross-promotion stuff, just talking oh. in the organizations within themselves. So, yeah, and if I was going to, you know, like with uh, your dog, he had that fight. I think uh, Cody Stamen is going to be ranked either – probably 14 13 i don't know somewhere there and they had a draw i think they need to put those guys back together what's he at yeah yeah he's, he's, a a four, he's just one ahead of him so, so who else is ranked below him because I, I really like watching him fight with who uh your dog song yeah who, he's, who's he's number below? 15 who, who's 10 sorry no but who's 10 15 who's like 10 oh who's nine, above him nine, uh, dominant cruz is at 10 marlon yeah. vera who, who just had a great performance yeah is it 11 Frank trying to fight how did how did how did Marlon only go to eleven? I know. Well, that that put him up two from thirteen. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, you got uh, Usain Cow, who is he went down one to thirteen. I could see I could see him fighting Cheeto, but I mean, you just beat Frankie, so I don't know if Cheeto would be like, yeah, I'm gonna fight this kid now. I just beat I just beat a whole. <laughs> I'm being honest, you know, and it's. At this point, there's guys that are above uh, Yadong, who I said, no, nah, he would beat him. And, you know, yeah. You know, Interesting. Just that, just you know, they're, they're starting to tail off. Wouldn't be a good fight for him. Look yeah. at Frankie. Frankie Edgar is ranked ahead of him. Sorry. And I love fight. Frankie. Yep. Yeah. The speed, the speed. Marlon Marais is ranked way ahead of him. Sorry. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fight I'd like to see, though. I like oh, to yeah. see that fight. Now that I've, oh, now that you just said that name, that's the fight that I like to see. I like to see Marlon yeah. and him. Yeah. That'd be a good fight. They yeah. would throw the fuck. They would throw it they, out they, in the first round. But it, there's one yeah. guy that <laughs> gets Marlon's tired, and there's tired. one that doesn't. Yeah, Marlon's got 45. He just, I think he cuts so too much weight. He just doesn't yeah. have that big a frame. So. Uh-oh. All right, then we had Chaos Williams against. Miguel Baeza, that was a good fight. They were they were cracking each other, and uh, it was the front leg of Williams was getting eaten up by Aza. There was a uh, the scenario when you saw the whole leg lock scenario that he was going through and everything. I was cringing the whole damn time when he had that reverse heel hook position. I was like, yep. "Oh God, oh. Uh, yep." It's the worst submission of the game, and I just think to myself, "Oh God, please don't rip his ankle off and his or his knee out." Yeah, <laughs> like, God, was so knee nasty. Out. So uh, nasty. it was a, you know, didn't matter how the judges went with it because in the end, he got the big knockout. And that was a beautiful yeah. shot that he hit by his with. By his was crying. No, no, I didn't think so no. either. No, it was a good stop, and she just got woken up and didn't realize what happened. But, you know, yeah. we'll watch the video. Those, 
Calf kicks were playing dividends tonight, especially in the main event, but oh, yeah. some of the other fights as well. The body shots were coming around. The Boy, the body, to body shots them. are starting to take off, man. The people yep. are starting to figure it out. and They're finally getting the idea that, you know what? Body shots make people stop. They make them slow down. Their output is not as much. They don't move as much. Hello? Yep. It's an effective technique. Keep going back to it. Felicia Spencer against Lee Letson. Felicia looked good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lee Letson was tough, but you know, she just didn't have any answers for anything that Felicia was doing. Felicia was just, you know, piling up points mostly, you know, against the cage in the clinch, but got the the finish at the end. And I, and I I appreciate the fact that she realized she was in that position to get the finish possibly, and she went after it. That's what you want to see out of your fighters. That's yeah. important and that's a good thing that uh felicia did so good fight yeah no i agree her, yeah, yeah. I, felicia is she's one of those fighters you know that she can be really good and she already is really good yeah but you i feel like there's <clears throat> she fights sometimes a safe fight just to get the win she has that that and she needs to open up a little bit more because she could have got her out of there a lot earlier that fight that fight could have been finished by the middle of the second at the latest you know and so for her she's got to have confidence in what she's doing the ability to get the, just take a half step back let the combination go smother the position again do what cyborg does a little bit that confident in her stand up no she's not that's what i'm saying she <laughs> needs to have a little bit more yeah. confidence okay. in her. like especially right, when you you're go. running away with the fight like that like there was nothing her opponent was going to do to make her to, to hurt her i mean they were having some good elbow exchanges but like there's those moments you've got to Take a half step back or a full step back. Let the combination go. Like I said, what Cyborg kind of does. She like she does the same thing. She presses you to the fence. She makes space. Elbow, knee, punch, punch, and back in. It's not all. You not take. Yeah, the blitz position. So like, I think she needs to start working a little bit on that. Have a little more confidence in her stand up, and I think you know it'll just come with more wins. That's really what it comes down to. Marcos Rogerio de Lima against Ben Rothwell. Speed kills. <laughs> and, you know, well, this is the, the truth of the matter. Like Ben, ben has been a, a rock in the heavyweight division for a long time. He's a big, strong zombie who just keeps coming forward, takes big shots to deliver his, and he ends up breaking you down. But there's, he was never a fast guy, you know, but he's really not fast now. He, a lot of times you don't see that heavyweight losing speed the speed difference between the two completely different as far as hand speed and everything he got hit with some big shots went back and you know delima went after him he wasn't landing all that many but he landed a couple that absolutely hurt ben and as soon as herb puts his hands on yeah. delima hey if you made the mistake of oh i don't want to stop it doesn't matter you put your hands on him and that guy stopped yeah, we talk about this all. This is your job is to be decisive. Being indecisive will lead to a bad stoppage. That looked bad. Now at least he goes, no, no, it's over. Good job, Herb, for that. But the yeah. way you did it made it look bad. You got to be decisive. It's it's funny when you because I had told you a long time ago. I think when you and I first started doing the podcast, I really like Jason Herzog as a referee. But when our conversation we were talking, I said like. 
you said when he first started refing, he was very indecisive. Like he was like bouncing all around the cage, oh, yeah. trying to find his position. It was just funny the way you were describing it because I was you were like kind of mimicking the movements and stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm, obviously Jason Herzog moves a lot faster than you are when you're trying to move, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, but Herb had that sense tonight where he was didn't know what to do, jump in, jump just out, and he was bouncing right. around. And then that's when you make the mistake because I remember yep. you saying saying about Jason Herzog when you're moving around like that you end up getting fidgety and you jump in and then you're off balance if you try to stop and it's just not you can't make a decisive decision you know because you're all over the place well even if, so, if you go if you remember that the Yadong song fight Herb went in to stop him and he, Herb does a, what we call an arm an arm he'll he'll hook yes. his arm and drag the fighter away he missed him yep and so guys try an extra shot because he missed him then tried to recover to get back and that can happen but yeah you got to be decisive the one thing as an official make a goddamn decision when you yeah. make it stick with it and if you make a mistake then tell them later i made a mistake but be decisive what i'm going to say is this though is that his opponent uh ben rothwell's opponent what's his name De silva no delima delima was smart he because Ben Rothwell pulled him down, was able to get him down or get him on top, like have him on top. But as soon as Ben got him down, it at uh, Herb and goes, I thought you touched me. Stop well, the did. fight. He yeah. was okay, but but Herb had touched him before that and he threw a couple more strikes. So he wasn't willing to stop until he realized he was that Ben, they were on the ground now. So he was, he was very well, it was smart on his part to say, hey, because some fighters would have just kept fighting and Herb would have just let it go. That fight could have ended up differently. Which would have been horrible because he touched him. Yes. Do that. We, in, the, in, the, in last week's show, when we talked about this in last week's show, what we said was if DeLima doesn't get him out of there in the first round, it could, it could be a hard goes, fight. Goes for towards, it goes, goes the other way. And Rothwell, absolutely. Because the thing you've seen in DeLima, right? He's the hammer. He's good when he he's the hammer. Quick. But when he gasses out, he ends up being the nail real quick. Yeah. He, doesn't, no, getting... he, he doesn't stay the nail for long because he gets out of there. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, all right, yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. You know, so but, um, yeah, but it, it was a mistake by her. But you know what though? That happened to me in my Hermes Franca fight. Um, I didn't get touched, Hermes didn't get touched, but Larry Landless jumped in like he was gonna stop it and then backed away and did never touched her uh, Hermes. I went back over to watch a couple of times. I wanted to make sure, never touched him. But like he came into the into the peripheral of Hermes, yeah. and it, in Hermes, he said he let up. He didn't fucking let up. I've watched him punch me in the face three more times. He didn't let shit up. He's like, oh, I stopped. No, he didn't. Go watch the damn video. You didn't stop. You didn't even like you didn't even slow the movement down. You sucker. No, but it, it happens. Like you know the it does. That's what happened in that fight too. So yeah, good stuff. All right, let's talk about the fight. Holloway and Yair. All right, guys. Now, one of our other sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Wayne in. Now, if you guys took our advice, you guys made some money this weekend as well. This is another weekend that we've given advice, and there's been tons of people that have been making some cash off of our recommendations off of these fights. We talked about the Canelo fight with Plant. We said potentially what it could happen, and look at 
looked pretty much as what happened. John called it perfectly. And then in the MMA fights, in the MMA world, we had the Bellator as well as the UFC fights. And we pretty much called all of those as well. We said they'd be tough fights, but they'd be some knockdown dragouts. And they definitely were. We expected some good results. And we had some outstanding fights. But that extra little bit you could have made at mybookie.ag using that promo code weighing in, that would have given you some more money. And also, if you'd have used that little QR code right over there, that would have given you some more money for your initial signup. So go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code weighing in. John and I will be dropping more of these things and more of these tidbits for you guys. So make sure you guys have your opportunity ready for you to make some money at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code weighing in. I thought Yair actually fought way better. Then I thought he was going to after being off that long. The calf kick was a huge tool that he used and used well and was very accurate in coming back to it throughout the fight. I actually, I could, the, the first round was, it could go to either guy. I thought yeah. Max had his, his good moments and I thought that Yair had his good moments. Three, four, two, three, and four. Those are Max Holloway's rounds. Going into that fifth round, Yair was in a position he had to stop Max or get a 10-8 mm. to try to get a draw in my yeah. opinion. And I thought I thought Yair actually won the fifth round. It was close, yeah. but I would have given it to Yair. So, you know, the scores were about right. But, man, Max Holloway at times, I thought he let go of things at times. I was like, why did you let go of that? He had the head and arm. Did you see how deep it was? Yeah. And I yeah. don't know what he felt. And uh. that's, you know, he knows. And so. But I was like, oh, he's got that. And then he just let go of it. I was like, why do you let go of that? And then the guillotine was tight. He had that one, and you saw you know, you're you know, sitting on his ass to try to spin yeah. out. And it was yeah. still tight, and it's like, he let go of it. I'm like, why did he let go of it? But well, he I knows why. Yeah, but a lot of times, too, like for someone who has as much output as he has in the striking, there's a reason. You don't go chasing submissions that you potentially know aren't going to finish. So he's smart in that part. If, if he felt like you said... Fighters know because they feel it when they're in there. Yeah. For us on the outside, no matter how much we know about fighting, yeah. we're not the one you in there can, fighting. You so it, yeah. you think we think we're like, why'd you let it go? I know what you're thinking because I was thinking the same thing when he had that joke. I'm like, oh, why'd yeah. you let it go? Well, because you knew he didn't have it. And when you have someone like him who has a lot of output on the in the on the stand-up, but especially with his boxings, the last thing you want to do is blow your arms up, blow chasing the submission that was never there. Yeah. But um, but I, it all started in the first round. This fight was good because Yair Rodriguez came out in the first round and went right to the calf. That changed the dynamic of the fight right from the get. That yep. that that whole fight, this whole fight would have been a way different fight had he not gone to the calf early in the fight. Because uh, Max, just he's not the same left-handed. He no. has combinations from left-hand, but he's not the same fighter left-handed. And way better in the orthodox stance than he is in the southpaw stance. Yeah, and his confidence and like he doesn't kick a whole lot normally. He does kick, but doesn't kick a whole lot. These guys are going to have problems. Um, like he's going to have problems with people that kick. Everyone's going to have problems with fucking Yair. Now, I've been very critical of Yair. Everyone knows this. It's listen. Yes, to you have. I am very critical of him, but I'm critical of him based off of the outside of the the cage performance stuff. You know, the things that have been said, the things that how he handles, you know, his fight contracts, the, not contract, but the way he approaches never really makes it to the fight, that kind of stuff. And then leaves, then comes back. Like, those are the things that I get frustrated with when you're you're a young kid. You fought once in two years, two and a half years. You wasted premium time. 
oh, yeah. to, to be the champion. I mean, if you like the progressions you would have made, like during that time, if you were active, God, I mean, I really believe he'd probably be champion with that type of performance, the way he kicks, the way his conditioning is. He he's got a, he puts things together that no, no one does, you know. I mean, him and the Zabit and he's fight got a chin, one man. Of, yeah, he's got a chin. Him and the Zabit fight would have been one of the best fights oh. probably ever, but that fight just never came to fruition because neither guy could ever see me get to the fight. But this fight all started off when I and, they, and Max was a minus seven hundred going into this fight. I would have never have guessed that. I would have never have guessed it was a minus seven hundred. I would have said maybe like a maybe like a minus three hundred. 350. I would have thought something like that because of the yeah. time off. Yeah. Never 700. I would have never have thought 700. Like we've seen like with the t- the style of kicks that he has, the up elbow, the the spinning that little. Dude, he hit Max with that up elbow. Yeah, he did. Right. When he's up, it's, it's like how he, the hell did you get that up? He connected a little bit with that little uh, what do you call that kick where you do the spiral kick? Rolling thunder. The rolling. It wasn't a rolling thunder because he didn't hit him with the heel, but he spun. And he actually kicked him more with his foot, like like. Like a real, like a real head kick, but it was it was like a rolling thunder. But the rolling thunder is more like when you use your heel, right? Yeah, normal. Like a front flip. Yeah, he does it a little bit more. It, it looks a little bit nicer. Yeah, <laughs> it looks a little. There was something though in this fight. Um, I had it scored very similar to what the judges had it scored. I could have seen going the, either way. Um, I thought maybe that um, that Yair kind of kind of could have maybe have won the second, but he definitely won the fifth. I had him winning the first and the fifth. Second was close. Third and fifth, third and fourth were definitely um, found as that time. Um, but I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was an overall it's an amazing fight. But it was all the reason why it was such a great fight. I'm gonna go back to it is because the calf kicks were set up in the beginning by Yair, and it was brilliant. And what he did was he took a page out of Volkanovski's book, and he just ran with it. And his speed of his kick, he didn't even turn his hip. He just kicked, boom, and came back. He was power on it. It was getting there so fast, didn't even have a chance to grab the leg. So that's why he just started pushing him over. So as soon as he saw the leg coming, he just pushed him. So instead of trying to reach down and grab the leg, he just pushed him on the shoulder so it knocked him off balance. That was brilliant by Max. That was a good adjustment. Yeah, that was a great adjustment by Max. But because of that push, Yair started trying to lean back when he was throwing the kick and it was actually falling down. At times, based upon he didn't want that ability for Max to reach out and touch him and push him, so he was trying to yeah. throw it and step back and lean back, and it's like, yeah, can't throw it like that. Just do it. Like I said, I'm going to go back to how much how critical I am of your ear, but look, this I never have ever doubted his skill in the cage. I've never talked bad about any of that. You can't. Um, I just want to see him. Be active, and I want to see him make a run at the title. He's there. He's what is he? he's probably at number. He's at number two or three right now. He should be at three. He's either he's three, number three. three. Yeah, he's at three, I think. And Max was one. And with that performance, I mean, who's ahead? Of, who's in the middle there? Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega is two, and then behind him is uh, the yeah. Korean Zombie. That's a good fight. Him and Brian Ortega would be a great fight. Yeah. You know, it was a beat. I heard he's making a comeback, so I heard he's uh, healthy. He's back in camp. It is he's doing, but uh, looks he's like scheduled. he's gonna. He's, I don't think he is. The beat is, I think. Let me just check. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I haven't heard anything so. about. Zabit. No, I heard. I heard he's. I heard he's back training and that he's ready to go. That he's he's working to get back into fight shape. But um, but I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. About he's not scheduled. Enough, so. Sorry. No. Misinformation. Great job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
there was something there was john in this fight there was something i wanted to talk to you about mark goddard when there was a eye poke i think it was in the fourth or the fifth was it the, it was the fifth round yeah. max gets poked in the eye yeah and max goes no no i'm ready and mark turns to him and goes no 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 you're not no no, no yes i am okay. i am ready like it's okay. not it's, I, no i want to just like it's not up All to right. the ref to tell me when i'm ready to fight I'm okay. ready to fight. If I tell you my eye is good, I'm good. Let's go. Okay. Now you, what? I want to hear your side of. I want to hear the ref. No, the, this. So. Okay, yeah, I'm going to give you a, a a complete example of why Mark did what he did. Okay. Uh, go to Justin Gaethje versus Mike Chandler. You see how there was that little thing between Mike Beltran and Justin Gaethje, because Mike was slow in stopping when the eye poke happened, and Justin got hit. And so then Mike is asking Justin questions, and I was in that position. What's he is he answering about the punches? He's talking about the punch, or is he talking about the poke? Because there was two different things. So when you have someone that gets you know poked many times, fighters, and you know it's true, they're gonna say, I'm fine when they're not, and they can't see because they don't want the fight to stop. And so Goddard is sitting, he got put, he says, I'm good to go. He says, just take a second. He goes, just take a Take, he didn't take, say it that nicely, but yeah, he didn't what say that, that but nicely. that's but that's the what that's what he's doing, and yeah. he's trying to give him. Hey, I just want to make sure that you can see, and you're good. You don't have to rush this, and so he's trying to kind of help the fighter. And you've got time. I'm not going to just put you back out there, and so he's trying to make it better for Max. Now, if if it was a situation, and as a referee, you got to read it. That, you, that a fighter has their opponent exhausted and they want to get back at them because every second they're getting for rest is good for them. Yeah, you'll you'll say, all right, and you'll put them back in without giving that extra time. But in that situation, he was just trying to give him that little extra of, hey. Yeah, I understood. Time. I understood giving him the extra time, but in that scenario, the last thing you want is for year Yair to get an extra couple seconds or an extra minute to rest up with his flashiness. Like in that situation, Max was like, fuck no, that guy gets one more minute, <laughs> that rolling thunder, spinning up elbow. Let's go. But no, I, I understand what Mark was doing. And, I, and, and no, normally I'm going to tell people that's the exact right thing you want to do. Because yeah. don't put guys out there, you know, that could be compromised. Give them a little extra second to make sure that, hey, they're at least in a position they can see and, and continue on in the fight. Max is a fucking dog. Jeez, oh, the, the shots he's so he damn tough. His leg, I mean, that guy's not going to be able to walk for two weeks without, but, without mean, having pain. Think, think about it. You know, and, and the fact of the matter is that he is still 29 years of age. Yeah. With all those fights, that's good and it's bad. Well, he reminds me a little bit of Jose Aldo. Remember Jose Aldo? Was like, well, Jose Aldo is what, 33, 34? 33 Looks now, like he's yeah. 60. Looks like he's 60. I see pictures of him. I'm like, geez, man. Like, you look so old. Oh, my gosh. God. But he's young still. <laughs> like, man. I mean, but if you go Max through the list, old, but if you go through the list of the people that you know Max Holloway has fought, you're talking yeah. about a who's who of the 145 because he's got the two fights against 
Volkanovsky, you can say. Okay, mm-hmm. there's two against the either number one guy or the champion. He's yep. got two against Aldo, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Calvin Cater was just... No, I thought he has three point. again. Doesn't he have three against Aldo, doesn't he? No, no two, two, right? No, just two? Okay. Yeah. He's got Dustin Poirier that he fought when he fought at lightweight, if you remember. Yep. Right? He's yep. going to fight Khabib. Yeah. If you remember. That would have been Frank the Edgar and beat Frankie Edgar. He has uh, the, the fight against Ortega, right? And, Calvin Cater. And, and I can't even remember past those. Pettis, but Pettis, Oh, that's Pettis. right. He, Stevens. he beat Pettis to uh, get the fight for uh, that was an interim title so he could then fight Aldo. I mean, yeah. there's so many. And, and you just look at the people that guy's fought. He, he fought Charles Oliveira too, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he beat Charles Oliveira in round one. I mean, fought Connor. He's fought it. Yeah. The guy's yeah, yeah. the who's who. When I look Crazy. at when I look at when I look at people's resumes, right? I, I'm not going to go too far back because when I look at like say BJ Penn and GSP, you go through the list of people they fought. They they fought fucking everyone. BJ Penn fought everyone. You know what I mean? Like I can't look at that. So, but with these guys, the current guys, I don't know if I've ever seen. It's Dustin Poirier and it's Max Holloway. They have yep. fought everybody. Yeah. If I if I in I'm talking about in the sport. Put Bellator, put put PFL, put Ryzen, whatever in one. These two guys have fought everybody. Eddie Alvarez, whatever it is, like you know, Matt uh, Dustin's fought Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje. Like it's insane. It's insane to think like they have the two probably the two best resumes in the current sport right now. Hands down, I think it's hands down. I can't think of any other fighters that have have done what they've done. Yeah, and they're and they're. They're number number sitting at number one, and they should one and one. Maybe yeah, one. They're, they're both, both number one. one. one yeah, they're both number one contenders. So good stuff, man. It was it was a good weekend of fights. You know, there were some fights that I thought could have been better, and there's some fights that were mismatches. And then, um, you know, UFC had a lot of finishes tonight. Some of the fights shouldn't have, you know, they shouldn't have been matched, but they were still for good. All right. And same thing with the Bellator. Bellator has some fights that I'm like, why is this? Why is why why? Like, what are we doing? Why? You know, yeah. It's like, but we get that with everything. There's always fights. You're like, why is this? What's, what's going on here? It must be must be because your contract's coming up, <laughs> right? Like, it's like you're coming up. Fight. Oh man. Um. But yeah, overall, I thought it was a good weekend of fights, and uh, let's let's talk some news. There's a little bit of drama going on mm-hmm. with Khabib. Connor yep. and K- Kamara Usman, and uh, who's the other one? Oh, and Eddie Alvarez, and geez, and <laughs> Justin Gaethje. I mean, sh- it's a fucking shit show on Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we are going to just Speaking respond to some of the tweets that have uh, gone out in the last few days here. Um, we're going to start with Kayla Harrison's tweet following the cyborg fight. Um, and Kayla Harrison tweeted out, uh, the greatest compliment I can give to Cyborg is that I want to fight her. I think she's right. Yeah. I think that's absolutely, you know, when, when what she's saying, she's being honest. She's saying, look, what I'm saying is I want to fight you and I can't give you a greater compliment that I am possibly going to change where I'm making a ton of money mm-hmm. based upon the fact that I want to prove to everyone how good I am and I need you. Mm-hmm. to possibly be able to prove that and so the greatest compliment i can give you is i want to fight you i agree with her i think i i don't think she's saying anything wrong i don't think it's bullshit i believe every bit of what she's saying and 
There's nothing wrong with it. No, I think she's being very respectful when she said yeah. what she said. There's the respect aspect of it, which she's doing. And then I also look at it too, is I wouldn't, I would, for selfish reasons, John, you and I want her to come to Bellator and fight Cyborg. Sure. That's self. Absolutely. I want to see that yeah. fight. Everyone, a lot of other people want to see the fight as well. But for you and I, we're being very selfish because I would like to be able to, to talk about this fight, you know, on the Bellator broadcast. Um, and, but then again, I also look at it and I don't blame her if she stays where she's at and just continues to mow down the competition that's in front of her and make a million dollars a year. Yeah. These, these other fighters that have been fighting for, for 10 years are not making a million dollars a year yet. And she's doing it every year. Like clockwork, like, oh, okay, what? Get who lambs to the slaughter, bring them to me. Let's go. Like, she's just like, sign my check. That's all she's doing. So, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad if she didn't come. I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't be mad and I would understand. No. I'm like, I said, I'm always on the fighter's side in terms of you do what you do to make money. And I've always said that, you know, and I've been one of the biggest supporters of Eddie Alvarez going wherever the money was because he made more money everywhere he went, you know, and uh, Kayla Harrison, I would love to see that fight happen, but. If it doesn't happen, stay to PFL. You know, um, I don't see her going to the UFC because UFC, as much as they talk about her and Amanda Nunez, and they would probably they could fight, and she, she hangs with Amanda Nunez. They're not fighting. They're not fighting. They're not going to. I don't. Fight. See, I don't see that one happening. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Basically, out of the same gym. Um, sometimes train at different times, but sometimes train together. Yeah. The the thing is though, John, how do you if you're let's just let's 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 pretend we're Scott Coker for a moment, okay, without us losing our jobs. Let's pretend we're <laughs> Scott Coker right now. If we're Scott Coker and we know that she needs our champion to validate herself. Don't get me wrong, she's great, she's a great a great she's successful in the PFL, but she needs Chris Cyborg to validate her MMA career. Yes. Do do you offer her what do you offer her? Let's just say, like, I'm, I mean, she's making, let's just say, I think I've been hearing she makes around $500,000 a fight, which is amazing. Okay. I've awesome. my good for her. Absolutely crazy. And yeah. crazy amount of money. Absolutely. I'm happy for her. Yeah. But she needs Cyborg to validate who, her MMA career. If she, when you feel, if I'm, if I'm Scott Coker, I say, hey, you come over and you fight Cyborg, I'll pay you 250 If you win that fight, I'll pay you another 250 to make it 500 and then, then on, we can go, we can give you the bump to whatever it is. But I'm not going to have you come here and pay you the same you're making over there. And if you lose, then I'm stuck paying you the same. Like, you've got to win the fight. You've got to win the fight. I, I don't even know if 250 would be a, like, I mean, you could even say less. Because like I said, you need, you need, she needs Cyborg. And she needs Bellator because Cyborg is in Bellator. She needs the, if she wants to say, hey, see, I told everyone I'm as good as, I, as I've been I've been showing the world. Well, okay, there's a, there's another way to look at it, and I'm not again. Okay. I have no idea, so I am just yeah, neither one of us do. Total That's speculation. Say. That's we're, playing. we're role playing here. Yeah, the total speculation is okay. Let's talk about the PFL. Does the PFL want her back? That's another thing. Yeah. Okay, and, and I'm that. not saying obviously they want her as a fighter and as a represent uh, spokesperson representation of their of their their brand. But like you say, they're paying her a lot of money. And then she's yeah. making that million dollar thing at the end. And you could only pay, you know, a person so much for so long when the competition that you can bring them is not that good because it becomes, is this counterproductive for our company? So it could be, and I'm not saying it is, you know, it could be that PFL is going to say, 
they're you know they're not going to offer her that same contract that yeah. she had before that could be a problem for her and that you know, you know that offer is not on the table for her. so now it is what is uh, else is out there i'm not saying that's what's happened but you know these things happen and they happen all the time with you know fighters and and promoters saying i can't pay you the same thing as i did in the past and yeah, yeah she's in the position where she deserves to get paid what she's made in the past as far as she hasn't she hasn't lost yeah she's done her job every time with the person that you're putting in front of her so is and i'm not i am not saying that i know that that's what's occurring but it could and i've I've seen it happen before and so there's all kinds of things you never know but i would love to see her come over because i think it's i love great competition and I know she's a phenomenal athlete. She's a great fighter. She brings a certain skill set that obviously is better than Chris Cyborg's in certain areas. And Chris Cyborg brings a skill set that obviously is better than Kayla's in certain areas. That that would make it a fun fight. So, you know what them. she brings also? She brings a little bit of swagger. Oh, she got a lot of swagger. I like that about her. The way the way she is when I when we saw her at the uh, at the event, the Bellator event this uh, Friday. She's, you know, messing around with Austin Vanifer, Paige Van Zandt, just talking trash, just having, you know, like just there, she's, she has that personality of, it's like, you know, I know who I am. I know I, it's, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to to have that type of energy, I think, involved in whatever promotion you're involved. Well, Josh, she listens to our show. She told me, she goes, I listen to you guys. (laughs) I go, uh uh-oh. (laughs) John's like, oh shit! What did Josh say to piss her off? <laughs> no, I'm thinking me. I'm thinking, oh man, I I stepped in it again. <laughs> oh jeez, it was so great, right? And what I mean by swagger, you guys, when we're having this conversation, is she, as she walks off, she's like, you know, you know, I've taken Austin Vanifer down. Oh, she like, did. She has oh, never, she has oh, never shit. taken me down. He's like, I she's like bullshit. Did you, did you hear what I told Austin? Uh. Uh-uh. I said, dude, if I was working out, I'd let her take me down. What is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> Uh, as long as she don't throw me on my head, we good. That's it. <laughs> what else you got, Dave? Um, so I actually meant to put this in, slot this in before the Twitter thing. Um, but there was the news of uh George Masvidal falling out of the fight with Leon Edwards, and then names that are have asked to step in or you know publicly are, are amongst uh, Chimaev and uh, Nick Diaz um, and Bilal Muhammad. Others have all offered to step in and and fill this slot. I think the Nick Diaz thing is cool. I think it's perfect. Person. You got you got Chimaev, I understand because that fight was made before and then Chimaev got COVID, so you know that that fight fell out. But to me, the Nick Diaz thing, based upon you know Leon's last fight with Nate, I think that's the perfect thing. I think it's great sell. I think it's an easy thing for you to put. It, I think it's something that Leon looks at and goes, Yes, I'll take that fight over the yeah. Chimaev fight. It's just everything about it. Nick Diaz, boom. Yeah, when he is to the rescue. What, what scared what scared Dana and all the other people that are saying that he doesn't deserve a title shot? It's because Nate Diaz is not a seventy pounder. He's a, should be a fifty five pounder. Sure, he's tall, long, and lanky, but he's not a big seventy pounder. He's not physically strong, no. you know. And so <clears throat> he's, he's not most of his he's career at fifty five. At fifty five, yeah. So now come in, step in, bigger brother. Okay, and if, if bigger brother touches you the way that Nate did, you probably ain't getting up. You probably yep. give me lights out, or he's gonna get you in a submission. So it could be it could be any of those things. 
But that I think also brings back in the Nate Diaz conversation that puts Nate right back into, or not Nate, but Nick right back into Nick. the mix as well. In like, hey, maybe if he does get a win, okay, the UFC, it, the UFC blesses, gets blessed by having Nick Diaz back because he's a ticket seller. And they are blessed by him because they've done exactly what they wanted to do is not have Leon Edwards fight for the title. I mean, they haven't wanted him to fight for it in years. So why start now? So <laughs> it's like they're, they're, they're killing two birds with one stone if that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I think the Nick Diaz situation is perfect. I agree. Look at that. If I'm Leon Boom. Edwards, I'm not. I'm not fighting Chimaev. Fuck no. <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> not. You know, and Bilal Muhammad, nah, nope, not fighting that, that either. I can understand that one. Yeah, and I like Bilal. I oh, like I Bilal. love Bilal. Great guy, good fighter. Just it's not going to do anything for Leon at this point. No, zero. Next, Dave. All right. Um. Next, uh, next is back to the Twitter thing. Um, Khabib coming out basically. Just after, Twitter. Uh, Justin uh, Gaethje saying, you know, he obviously deserves the next shot. There's been talk of Islam saying that he deserves the next shot. Khabib came out and said, uh, Justin, I'll stick with my opinion. You had a chance and you missed it. But I do agree that, that promotion is more interested in you at the moment. Still, you can't ignore nine fight, absolutely dominant win streak in UFC. Anyone who has nine victories in a row deserves a title fight. Doesn't matter who is who it is, Islam or someone else, ask any fighter in a roster and they will tell you that nine fight winning streak is enough to fight for a title. And then Justin comes back and says, your boy has, your boy has two and you want him to fight for the belt. My three losses are former champ, interim champ and current champ. Islam beat number 14 and a late replacement number six. Stay humble champ, get in line. Don't forget, Benil is sitting right in front of you. What does he mean two? Your boy has two. Um, like two, has two, one loss. two top um two, two top, top 15 fights because yeah, he fought number because he says he uh, fought number 14 he fought number six in a okay. last minute replacement yeah they, they got the, into the, this the, the, here's the here's the big problem with that and josh you can you can talk about this that's not makachev's fault no one wants yeah. to fight him all right well He's islam came guy. out and said that after he came out and said, he, he sent a tweet after all that and and, and, and and all of this stuff you know first off none of this matters and, and you know if you're going to say you know the nine fight win streak you're right ask leon edwards okay oh. what's he on a 10 fight win streak right john fitch so those things happen where guys that are on these long win streaks take a look at tony ferguson how many what yeah. was his win streak 12 13 12 or 13 over 13 somewhere in there so you know <laughs> you have to be that person that you know I look at when we talked about the Chandler Gaethje fight, it was, hey, if it's a snoozer, they're going to bump Islam ahead of Justin or Mike. If Mike and, and Justin have a great fight, guess what? Islam's going to wait. And I think that's what's going to happen. And, and there's nothing, it doesn't matter what Khabib puts out on a tweet or Justin puts out on a tweet. This is about people right now as fans they identify and they believe and want to see Justin Gaethje more than they want to see Islam Makhachev right now. It's just that that's the way it is. Mm, I don't no, know, it's I don't true. Know that. It's true. Okay, I, for I, how I long? I, I want you. I want you to back. For how long? John, you don't have to yell. I'm not yelling. I'm like, <laughs> like right here. For, for how how long did Khabib, you know, fight in the UFC and and was kept you know wanting that shot and people. For a while, they didn't care about him. They were like, eh. And then finally, boom, he caught on. And people were, they clamored for him. 
And right now, Islam is almost in that same you know path that Khabib had as far as people know he's good, but they don't clamor for him like they clamor for Gaethje. You know, he's called the human highlight reel, and people will look and think that he's going to perform and have a more entertaining fight than Islam right at this moment. I honestly think that's the truth. No, I can okay, I can agree with that, but I also believe that <clears throat> you don't take someone with a support. Okay, when I'm talking about pay per view buys, and if, if I'm on promotion, who's going to sell more pay per view buys? Islam Makhachev is going to sell more pay per view buys. And maybe, maybe people are looking at me going like, I agree. Justin Gaethje is a highlight reel, walking highlight reel. Okay, but when it comes down to the amount of people, when it comes to the support from other countries, not just in the U.S., who's going to actually, who's yeah, going to. Pay-per-view doesn't go to a lot of other countries. It, it doesn't go to a lot of other countries, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Russians and Muslims that live in the U.S., Canada. Okay. And they okay. will buy. And they I will buy. They will support. They will support, and they will support because because he's also be, not just because he's Muslim and because he's Russian, but because he's Khabib's boy. Yeah. They will do it because that they've already followed Khabib, and now they want to see who's number two, who's the next guy that Khabib's co- and now Khabib's the coach. They they're following all this. They're following it step by step, and that's going to be what sells. Now I I have nothing against Justin Gaethje, and I, I could care less to be honest. I actually understand why they're pushing Justin. I think I, I'm going to agree with you a little bit. I think Islam does need one more fight. Only because once he gets there, he'll have cleared out the division then. Like, if one, I think if he beats Benil, and then who, let's just say, who else would he fight? He's not ahead. Of, he's, he, he's number four. Benil's number three. Who's number two? Justin is. And then Dustin Poirier's Justin, number one and Dustin, the champion. The champ. Like, if he beats Benil, then there's no one else left in front of him. And I, I think after that... He's, you know, he's going to have a hard time. I think the guy he's going to have a hard time with is going to be uh, Dustin Poirier. He'll have a hard time with him a little bit, but he's not going to have a hard time taking him down. He's going to have a hard time finishing him because Dustin's he's tough, he's a dog. Um, but I think overall strength and stuff with Charles Oliveira, he's going to be able to handle him. He's going to have to be concerned about the submissions. But like I said, Khabib was the guy that in the room, if you were to say some would get caught in a submission, would be him over Islam. Islam on the ground is really crafty, really sneaky good. So, and I'm not trying to like I, I think when I talk about the Khabib and the Islam thing in comparison, you guys, they're just they're both really good. And I just want people to understand like how they're different though when you start breaking it down by the techniques. And um, but overall, overall. <clears throat> I don't. I could care less. I actually would like him to get one more fight before he fights for the title because I know once he does that, there's no one else in front of him. It's just straight to the title, and then he'll be champion for however long he chooses the fight. You know, there might be an up-and-comer that comes in and threatens a little bit, but I don't see somebody else beating him. I think um, I think the, the 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 game plan is how to beat Dustin Poirier was laid out by <clears throat> by Khabib. I think Islam follows it to the T. I think uh, Oliveira will be a little bit more difficult because no one's, none of them have fought Oliveira. You know, Khabib didn't fight him. None of the other guys, other Dagestan fighters have fought him. So that might be a little bit tougher. But the submission threat will be for real there. Um, the stand-up um, is a little trickier because of the push kick and the, the style in which he does his stand-up. He's slick. Um, but he's also someone that when you touch him, he doesn't take damage as well. Like, he's got a good chin, but not a great chin, Charles Oliveira. But... In that conversation, to go back to what we were talking about, John, I got off track, of, obviously, when I started talking about the guys. <laughs> but to get, back on, to get back on track, 
it's not his fault. No. It's not his fault because fighters didn't want to fight him. He it took him forever to get someone to fight him in the top ten, and then that, that's why the UFC was pushing him so much. No one wants to fight him. That's that. Now Justin Gaethje, it's not his fault either because Islam has a big support and following, and it's not his fault. But he had he's coming off of a great performance that he worked hard to get against Michael Chandler. I, it's flip a coin. It really is to me, honestly. I understand where Khabib's coming from and backing him up. Eddie Alvarez, can, I don't know if you can pull. Did I send you that tweet? Also, yeah. So I was actually read looking that one? for a. I was looking for a place to throw this in because this this did add to the mix. So this add, yeah, because he he also added in the stuff yeah. about Justin Gaethje getting the shot. So Eddie comes out and says, uh, I respect Khabib, but giving Justin Gaethje a shot over Islam is only right. Islam fought one ranked opponent to stay 9-0. Justin fought four champions and a legend in DC to be 6-3. Only one Daniel, road. Daniel, uh, Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone. Yes, I... Only one. That <laughs> only one road was more honest and true. Truth always wins. I'd rather be 6-3. Khabib replies and says, Eddie, just imagine you're seven years undefeated in UFC and have nine fight, one streak. Uh, what would you do? Ask for a title fight or vote for Justin Gaethje to fight for a title who just lost inside two rounds for a title a, a year ago? And then Eddie replies and says, uh, that loss was to you, brother. This is a different loss than losing to a normal opponent. Uh, when you take crazy risk and fight the absolute best back-to-back, you will always for those risks. More risk, more reward. Islam is the future, but not enough risk. Yeah, so that's not his fault though. Like Islam then he commented on that that tweet as well. I said something in there because he was talking. Eddie had also did another tweet that I had sent you, and it said something about like the the MMA is the most pure sport right now because it's we don't want to turn it into off. boxing. Yeah, what was it? So Eddie comes out and says right after, not like within about twenty minutes of that, says this sport is not boxing, and I hope it never becomes boxing. An undefeated record is as good as the opposition faced. I'd rather have a true and honest five hundred record than a questionable, flawless one. MMA is the last honest sport we have left. Keep it that way. And so I commented down below. I said I couldn't agree with you more. Blah blah. Everyone thought I was taking a dig at Islam, and I'm like, why the like, why the fuck, why like that's the thing. Why would I take a dig at somebody I know and like? Because I didn't read his first tweet, so I actually went back and deleted the tweet. I was like, "No, no, it's not, I'm not. I'm not getting in the mix of all this bullshit." <laughs> I thought he was, because you know, with boxing coming oh, yeah. in and MMA coming in, I was like, "I'm not trying to get in the middle of all of this shit." So I deleted my tweet. But it really comes out because what he said in that portion of it was true. Boxing, like guys like Julio Cesar Chavez, had like he had like fifty thousand, he had fifty fights until he fought somebody that had a winning record. It was senior. Julio Cesar Chavez. Not junior, yeah, main the 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 dad, the original, he, the original. He had fifty something fights before he fought someone really with a winning record. There was a well, he, fought, record. Were, he didn't fight anybody that was great, but he, there was guys no. in there that had winning records. Yeah, not many of them. <laughs> but but that's the style of boxing, though. That's the thing. Yeah, when well, you look the, at fighters. Look at we look at boxers. The, the records are padded. The blueprint for for boxing is oh, we want to get them to twenty and zero. That's the blueprint of, of promoters and managers because that's what they can sell to the networks and the showtimes and those, you know, entities out there. And you're right. They, they feed them cans and it's not good. And I totally like what Eddie said and I understand what he's saying. Yeah. And, uh, but if you're, you know, in this situation, I don't care who you go with. If you go with Justin, you're going with a 
freaking monster who's fun to watch who is a great fighter if you go with islam you're going with a fucking monster who i think is fun to watch and you know deserves the shot too so this is where if you're the ufc congratulations you're in a great spot because yeah. you can take either guy and put him there and then the other guy's gonna have to wait but he's gonna see the little bit and it's okay go ahead and see the little bit if you want to fight i'll give you a fight and or if you want to wait to face the winner of this one I'll, I'll let that happen but they're in a good spot because they have at this time in the 155 pound division they're top six seven eight they're good yeah they're good and they can inter interplay them all and depending upon who they match up you know it's a hard fight you know for one guy over the other but the whole thing with you know islam and justin i kind of like that they're both you know going after saying hey i want that spot it's the way you should be it's good what you could say is this is give justin the next title shot and then whoever yeah. loses the 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 oliver and Justin play fight islam fights there you go and unless you you're that guy like, that lost that fight and you go why do i want to fight that dude <laughs> maybe you should have fought harder to keep the title. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, then maybe you have Michael Chandler fight Dariush. That'd be a good fight. Be a good fight. Both are I'll take that one. Both fight. Both fight kind of wild and crazy. Yep. And they both, you know, a little reckless at times. Yeah, a little reckless. Lot, and lot reckless if you're Michael Chandler. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but I think in that whole mix, I wanted to make sure that it was clear that I wasn't taking someone's side. I'm not doing that. I want, I want to get in that mix of all that. I was, it's true, though. Boxing, they tend to build their fighters up as a padded record to sell to the networks, like you were saying. MMA doesn't do that. They can't, whoever's in front of you, that's what they give you. Now, in this situation with Islam, he was having a hard time because people fight him. So it's not his fault. It took him forever to get in the top 10 because no one wanted to take the fight because they'd all heard the buzz around the gyms. That's what's so funny about this sport. <clears throat> Kane had only had one fight for Strike Force at the time. And they and reporters were coming in to film like me or Fitch or DC or not DC but uh Koscheck or whatever, and they'd see Kane sparring. Sweet. Who's that guy? And next thing you know, Jim's were talking about like, hey, we're trying to get him a fight, and they're like, no, we're not fighting that guy. We heard <laughs> it just that's how it all happened with Kane. That's why he went People, to Russia for his second fight. <laughs> yes, because yeah, no, no one wanted to fight, him. nobody no. wanted to fight him because they were like, no, nah, we're good, we'll pass. Was it? And so that's that's how like this sport is so small that you can't the gyms talk. Reporters come on, talk hold on. Gym. Hold on. This this sport's so small. How many things do we know that we go, okay, we can't say that. We, we can't, can't, can't we can't put that out. We can't talk about that. That's that's yeah. the way this sport is, but it's good. It's all good. Yeah, but we we are because we do work for and we have a lot of friends that work for the UFC, and I've got friends that work for one. Like, you know, PFL, I don't really know a whole lot of people that work for them, but I do know a lot of the fighters there. So, but um, we are privy to a little bit more informa insider information, but we take it upon ourselves not to bring it up versus, you know, and there have been times where I've, I've slipped myself, not you so much, but me, I have. And, and I've kicked myself in the ass, you know, for saying stuff. And so, um, <clears throat> but yeah, anyways, I just, uh, I that that had to be cleared up that whole those tweets and talked about so but it's okay. like, I like the I like the fact that they're bickering back and forth though it leads for more yeah. good you know, drama drama going good forward. for the sport good for the it's UFC good for, 
Good for the UFC, exactly. Absolutely. All right. Before we go back to Dave, I'm going to ask you: Did you see the, uh, let's say, clip that Chael Sonnen put out saying that Frankie Edgar won every minute of his fight with Chito Vera except for one second? No, I I saw. I you sent it to me, and I just read the headline on it. I didn't read the. I didn't watch the video. I love me some Chael. He has lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I. I, I want to refrain from saying too much. Frankie's my boy. It's just I, I don't. He had moments in the fight where you know he got to the wrestling, got to the clinch, did some stuff. But yeah, he, he wasn't right. winning the fight. Hold on. This is what he said. Fight. This is what he said because Dave just pulled it up. Frankie won every bit of that fight. Sonnen said on his YouTube channel, Frankie won every exchange, every round, and every minute of that fight. He lost one second of it. One second and boom. Kicked in the mouth, falls down, fight gets stopped. That's a hard way to go out. Frankie definitely proved to us he could still do this. He definitely proved to us he still trains and he's still in great shape. He's got the speed, he's got the power, and he's got the range. His boxing was on point, digging to the body. Frankie looked great. He lost one second. We don't know if we're going to see a future Hall of Famer, a former champion of the world again, because he lost one second of a 13 and a half minute fight. It is tough, but he, I don't think he's not, he doesn't have another title run in him. And maybe it's, it's hard for me to say that because he is a friend of mine. And I, I heard he had brought up some stuff on his own podcast and uh, he had laid out what his plans were. I, I didn't hear it, but um, so I'm not going to speak on it too much. So I'm going to have to look into that and see exactly what he's talking about doing again, if he's going to carry on, he's not, take some time off, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, he's 40 years old now. Yep. Uh, I've, I've known him since he was younger. <clears throat> the speed is, is definitely slowing down. Yes. The ability to wrestle and change directions because of the speed and getting in and getting in deep enough, that's slowing down. Um, his heart and his determination, that's never going to go that, away. That's that him. will never change. He will, uh, he'll, he'll never, that'll never go away. That's He's him. a dog. Yeah. And that's what scares me a little bit, to be honest, John. Yes. Because that, those are the ones, those are the, those are the fighters that have a hard time letting go because they, they're not quitters. And that, and that, and that's the thing is he'll never be a quitter, but I don't want him to, I don't want him to, I, I'm fine with him doing another fight. I just don't want him to. Making noise over there, I, Josh? I, I am hearing a oh. a steamboat. Hotels making noises over here. I love it. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I look at it and it's to me it's comments like that from Chael. It's like, man, don't you why are you saying that? It's that's just not true. Yeah. He he lost. Yeah, I thought he won the first round, but after that, he lost just about every second of that fight. Yeah. And he had his little moments of, you know, flash, but it's like, I would rather someone be honest with Frankie and say, hey, man, you have been unbelievable in this sport. You are the representative of this sport in a way that anybody, if I was looking to try to show someone, you know, what the sport is about, I would point to you. You're that kind of guy. You have been yeah. that special fighter, that special class act, that, that ambassador to the sport. You are someone that I want to hold up and put on a pedestal so people see what represents what we do. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't want to see you get damaged. I don't yeah. want to see you taking abuse and fighting guys that there's no reason to fight because I'm, I'm being honest at this point that it's almost like the, the Joe Rogan, you know, Brendan Schaub thing. There's no title shot. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You're not in that mix, especially at 135, what uh, a weight class that we look at and say, look, at that's the best overall weight class in the sport right now. And all of them so, are functioning on point right now. All of them are in their prime. All of them are what Frankie was, you know, yeah. eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so what else you got for us, Dave? No, that's going to wrap us up for this show. We'll have more. Okay. We'll have more news in the midweek. All right. All righty. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. Sorry, there's a little bit of an echo and there's horns and all this other stuff. And, you know, and I'm working. Steam I'm doing the best I can by. for you. I'm Steve doing the best I can by. for you guys. I, I was I was afraid of my flight was going to get delayed also because everything out of Atlanta is delayed today. So, um, but hey, I'm glad I got to do the show. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Also, there's a link down below. It'll take you to our our clips channel, which we are calling the extra. So it's the Wayne and extra channel. So we have extra footage and extra clips out of there for you and extra content basically is what it is. So we're going to be producing a lot more content, other little features for you. So hopefully you guys hit the subscribe button there with little bell and notifications there as well. And go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne and use the promo code and still and pick up one of our shirts to support. Post a picture of you guys wearing it and we'll retweet it, repost it, whatever it is. Uh, tag us in it and let us know. And uh, we will appreciate your guys' support and bearing with me. I'm super tired. John's tired, I know, and I'm I'm flying flying all around the damn world. We get some time off though, John. We don't have a show until December third. We get to eat yeah. Thanksgiving. So I'm excited. What I'm going to, to build a sawmill, baby. Jeez, don't cut your <laughs> fingers off, please. <laughs> Leave it up to you. Come on, I'll I'll send all you right. a picture of the injury. <laughs> please don't. To everyone out there, have a good Sunday, and we will see you.